Hello, and welcome back to the Business Casual. If you're new here, welcome. My name is Stacy, and I'm the co-founder and host of the show. On today's episode, I'm thrilled to be joined by Nicole Lee. Nicole has been a member of the integrated marketing team at the National Hockey League for the past 12 years. In her current role as senior director, she oversees a partner portfolio of global brands, working with them to strategically build successful hockey-themed marketing campaigns. She leads a team tasked with delivering fully integrated activations, including broadcast, digital media, retail, experiential, and first-class hospitality and North American NHL Jewel events. Prior to her time at the NHL, she spent three years working for Anheuser-Busch as the sales and marketing manager for the Michelob Ultra Open LPGA event in Williamsburg, Virginia. To help launch her career, she held various internship positions with the Walt Disney Company, ABC Sports, and the Hula Bowl. Nicole majored in kinesiology and phys ed with the business administration option from Wilfrid Laurier University and completed her MBA and Master's of Sports Administration from Ohio University. On today's episode, we will explore what it's like to market in such unprecedented times, what it's like to be a female in a male-dominated world, and Nicole will be sharing her advice for the next generation of female leaders. With that very long introduction, I welcome Nicole Lee to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome and how are you? Thank you, Stacey. Uh, I'm thrilled to be here and uh, I'm really excited to have this conversation. I'm equally as excited for our conversation today. I know we have a lot to cover and I can't wait to hear about all of your experiences. And with that, we will begin right away with our rapid fire questions. Again, these are a way for our listeners to connect with you and get to know you on a little bit more of a personal level. And we'll start with something pretty simple. What does your morning routine look like? Uh, it's, it's not that exciting. I get up, uh, I work out, I do the Les Mills online videos in my small office space here, shower, breakfast smoothie, and then I start my work day. And I start my work day um, by writing down my tasks for the day and what I want to accomplish. Super important, especially now that everyone's at home and less structure when you're at home. What is yes. something that you've crossed off your bucket list that you're really proud of? Well, you know, this one is more of a, a, was a personal goal. I'm very passionate about travel, culture, and events, and I really wanted to experience Oktoberfest in Munich. And a few years back, I did, and it was incredible, uh, and I recommend it for anybody's bucket list. Oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> what is your spirit animal? After learning what this meant, <laughs> uh, spirit animal, thank you for clarifying, uh, I'm going to say I'm a giraffe. Because I like to stick my neck out for people that I care about. And I'm always trying to see the forest through the trees, which is not always easy. That's very sweet. I like that. Uh, what, in the spirit of Halloween, what <laughs> is your favorite Halloween costume from any time you've dressed up? Well, I do have to tell you that Halloween is one of my favorite holidays. I'm very passionate about it. <gasps> Me and, too. I love to hear uh, that. <laughs> I'm big on group costumes. I've got a great group of friends and we all embrace the holiday, which is a little different this year. But a few years ago, we dressed as a, the WWF wrestlers group and I was assigned the ultimate warrior. Admittedly, I had to do some research because I was not very familiar with that character, but we went all out with the face paint and research on the actual behavior and the dances and it was a lot of fun. Oh my gosh, how many people was the total group? How many people there was, were there? There was five of us. It was oh very my gosh. well received. <laughs> yes, that's a great costume. And last but not least, what is your drink of choice? In the evenings, a nice cold Sauvignon Blanc, and uh, any other time, a nice cold chocolate milk. <laughs> wow, that's, my sister and my brother love chocolate milk. I don't think they'll ever stop drinking chocolate milk, so that's yeah. so funny to hear that. Well, I'm glad we got to get to know you a little bit better. Um, I know there's so much to dive into now in terms of COVID has obviously really impacted the world and every single industry. But before we get into that, why don't you just tell us a little bit more about your role, some types of projects you work on, and how COVID has changed the day-to-day -day of your job? 
Yeah, so to expand on what you said in the bio, our team really is responsible for overseeing a portfolio of accounts, which includes uh, partners like Molson, Bridgestone, Esso, Nestle, amongst others. And we work with each partner, uh, starting off with campaign ideation. So we help them brainstorm ideas. How can we they best leverage their NHL marketing rights that they purchased? Um, and right through to full-on execution, creative development, media support, prize fulfillment. And then at the end of their campaign, we help them with the evaluation and we use a third party research company, IMI International, uh, that goes out into the market with surveys to get more insight on fan awareness and how did it actually impact the fans and the consumers and influence their opinion on those brands. And was the campaign successful? Did it resonate? So uh, some of our past campaigns that we've most recently worked on has been the Molson Canadian Happy Hockey Day, which I'll touch on a little bit later. Um, the Kit Kat, Brent Burns, big, big breakaway commercial you would have seen repeatedly during the playoffs, the Frosted Flakes cereal, Selly, uh, and it's a long list, but it's a fun list. Right now we're working on partner campaigns for next year. And how long do you say these campaigns go for? Because they seem like really big tasks. Would you say they're for the entire season or are they like months on months? Like how long would you say you work on these projects for? It really varies. You know, uh, a lot of our partners are CPG partners who have a six to eight month lead time. So it's a very strong lead up working on the project within uh, sometimes the campaigns in market for one week, two weeks, three months, four months. It really depends on the brand's objectives. Um, and a lot of times, truthfully, it comes down to budget. Right. And are you, how big is the team? These seem like really big projects you're working on. Do you lead a team of like three to four? Is it just yourself? Uh, right now I lead a team of two. Um, our department overall is uh, 11 to 12 people. Cool. And how would you say now that COVID has really changed your day to day of what these campaigns look like, how the client facing aspect has changed now that everything's virtual? Well, it's a good question. We've certainly learned how to navigate this planning and pivoting during uncertainty. And, uh, you know, working from home, the technology of Zoom, we have daily Zoom calls, the online webinars, they've been very helpful. And particularly when we work with partners, it's really made us increase our level of communications. So we don't always have the answers, but that communication, that regular communication with partners is very important, not only for the health of the business, but it also allows us to learn more about our partners personally. And it has really helped us improve our relationships. We, we learn about how people are coping, their family life. We get to visually see them in their home office setup. And it's made our relationships with our partners stronger. And for the most part, I'd say that our partner community has recognized that we're all in this together. It's difficult, um, but we're going to get through it together. And if anything, it's brought us closer and made our relationship stronger. Yeah, definitely really important now that everything's moved online, everyone's trying to navigate because it's really hard sometimes to get to know someone personally when you're just through a computer screen, you're not able to really get those like social cues or like person cues that you would get if you were in person. But I'm glad to hear that it's been able to work out. And like you said, the Zoom calls are definitely helpful. And I think everyone is a little bit zoomed out, but it's okay. It's the best thing we can get right now. So we got to work with it. It's fun when you've got a toddler or a child that kind of peeks their head in the middle of the meetings. I love it. It's yeah. Fun. 
<laughs> it adds the excitement really to the meeting. Yeah, absolutely. Spices things up. And so kind of that's now, but a few months ago, we obviously, the whole world shut down, um, all professional leagues stopped and sports was kind of on a halt and then everything kind of came back. So can you talk a little bit more about your experiences marketing the playoffs in really such unprecedented times? Not only was it in the summer, but it was also COVID. There was all these new restrictions. So maybe you can talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. Um, from a partnership perspective, we had a very short period of time to really figure out how are we going to leverage the excitement around the return to play opportunity. We were in, we were in scramble mode to be truthfully in, in a good way. We knew our fans were thirsty for hockey after such a long pause. And it was the perfect time for our partners to be part of the fan conversation. So we were all forced to get creative. Um, and the good news is, is that we had over two dozen partners across us and Canada, Canada activate, during the playoffs. So it was a success. And one example uh, I can share that I'm, I'm proud of is how we were able to help Molson create their Happy Hockey Day campaign. And we pulled it together in just two weeks. And the campaign, uh, for those of you who didn't see it, it had a real Christmas in July feel where we were celebrating the return to hockey and they unofficially named August 1st, which was the first day of the qualifying round, Happy Hockey Day. They wrapped up cases of Molson to look like presents. Um, they produced a limited run of commemorative Hub City cans for Toronto and Edmonton. And that in itself was a big task because our approvals get very intricate when it comes to using the actual Stanley Cup. As you can imagine, there's very strict guidelines. So to pull that together so quickly was a big win. And they worked with Darcy Tucker and Shane Corson um, NHL alumni to pull us together and to do a spot that ran on digital. They did a PR tour with media um, and they even surprised some lucky fans with home deliveries. And they were able to use the opportunity at this return to play and the return to hockey to sync up with the launch of their Ship and Sip, which was their new home beer delivery service launched during COVID. Um, so it really was a win-win. The fans were excited. They were selling more beer. We were excited. And we got that Christmas in July feeling. Yeah, for sure. And also one thing you mentioned there was the idea that you had to really think outside of the box and be creative. And I think that's really resonates with a lot of students right now as well. We're not studying in present, like we're studying in unprecedented times and the way we have to study, the way we have to communicate with professors, the way we have to teach ourselves, all that is changing. So everyone's being creative. And maybe what advice would you give, you know, when you're put in a situation where you're, everything's really unfamiliar, you have to think outside the box and be really put in an uncomfortable state. Maybe can you talk a little bit more about like what your advice would be or um, how you kind of gave yourself the confidence to really put out your best work in these unprecedented times? Yeah, I think uh, it's helpful just to take a step back, take a breath, take a step back, look at the big picture, and then simplify it. If I was a fan, what would make me excited? Um, how am I going to get excited about these brands? You know, Christmas in July, it works. It's simple. And uh, keeping it simple and thinking big picture uh, is the best way for us to be creative and to pull it off in a short period of time. And so aside from COVID, um, what is the hardest part about your job, you would say, kind of thinking like a pre-COVID time from a marketing perspective? Pre-COVID, well, pre-COVID and even during COVID, um, it's, difficult, it's those difficult conversations when unfortunately sometimes we have to tell partners that their idea just isn't going to work. And 
sometimes, you know, we've had brain, uh, brands and we've got agencies and they come up with these spectacular ideas and they're just not feasible. We would love to do them, but they just might not have the budgets to get the necessary player rights or team rights or the footage license or the media support, et cetera, et cetera. But our job really is to find creative solutions so that they can still accomplish that business goal after we have to say no to the original idea. So no, maybe we're not in a position to place physical Bridgestone tires all over the field at Winter Classic, but hey, let's integrate them onto the ice into the fastest skater skill during the All-Star Weekend. So kind of taking what they're giving you and then being able to kind of say no in a nice way, but then still give something back that would be feasible. And would you say that it's always that case where the brand comes to you with the marketing idea or is it kind of a mix? Sometimes you guys come up with a strategy and present it to the brand. I'm getting kind of like consulting vibes. It's almost like they come to you and say, this is kind of what we want or this is what we're thinking. How can you guys help us or how can we work together on this? Yeah, you know, it really varies across the board, depending on category and depending on partner. A lot of times our team does the ideating and pitches it to a partner. Hey, let's do this. This is perfect fit for the time of the season and your brand. Um, And sometimes it's the reverse. Also, a lot of times we do it together. We'll brainstorm together. We sit in a room or on a Zoom call. We talk about what's the goals? What are the possibilities? What can the NHL bring? What can the brand bring? And that's when we have the biggest success. It's a true partnership and it's a win-win. Teamwork always makes the dream work. And I would have to say this is a perfect transition to our next question, which is what do you love most about your job? Uh, There's so many things. I'm very lucky. I love my job. I would say one of them is it's a great feeling when you've been working on a program for so long. Like I said, there's that sometimes that six to eight month lead up and you finally see it in market. You're walking down the grocery store aisle, you're walking in the beer store, you're out filling up your car and you see the NHL shield out there and you see the program in market. You see your commercial on TV and there's nothing more rewarding. Uh, so I'd say that's one of them. I'm going to give you more than one because I, I, there are a lot of things that I love. Uh, number two is the, just as a hockey fan, as I am, I, I love to experience our jewel events with our partners. Um, I'm very fortunate to have the opportunities to go to events such as the Bridgestone NHL Winter Classic, the Tim Hortons NHL Heritage Classic, the Honda All-Star Weekend, the Stanley Cup Final. Um, and, you know, 12 years later, and still hearing that national anthem at those live events, it gives me chills. And I, I have to say, sorry, I've got one more thing that I love about my go job. Go ahead, go ahead. It, it's, uh, it's my colleagues. We have an NHL family. We are so lucky to have such an incredible team. Uh, and I love working with them every day. I'm excited to get into that a little bit later in the conversation as well. Um, one thing that just came to mind while you were speaking there is, you know, as a hockey fan, was it something that you always knew you wanted to work maybe not necessarily with the NHL, but in the sports industry and with um, sports in general? It's a great question. And uh, to be honest, no, because when I was growing up and when I was in school, I didn't know that jobs like mine existed. And when I graduated from Laurier, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I, I took a little bit of time before I went back to grad school and I did some research and I talked to Um, mentors and colleagues and even classmates and I learned that sports marketing is a thing hey I love sports Um, I love marketing let's do it together yeah and I think that's one thing we were just 
Nicole and I were talking about before we even started the conversation is how when you're in school, it feels like there's no time. You're always stressing about what are you going to do? What's the next thing? What comes after school? But, you know, as you can speak to from your experiences, there actually is a lot of time and you don't have to know right away what you want to do, which sounds exactly like what your experiences were like. Absolutely. There's time. Do not rush and do not stress. Um, so talking a little bit more about working in the sports marketing industry, there's definitely a lot of stigma or a lot of maybe perceived notions that it's really difficult to work as a female in such a male-dominated industry. So maybe you can speak a little bit more to like your unique experiences or challenges that you've dealt with um, being a woman in a predominantly male industry and how have you overcome these challenges? Yeah, when I started my career at Anheuser-Busch in Virginia, I was working in beer and golf. And I was often the only female at the table and it was very intimidating. Uh, you know, it was difficult to find my voice. And first of all, it's my first job. And second of all, you're a female. Um, so I had to step up and I had to find my voice and I had to be brave. And one area where it was particularly obvious was my golf game. Uh, the boys were better than me. So what was I going to do about it? I, I got some tips from the pros. I practiced. And eventually, I was able to confidently participate in the tournaments with my male colleagues and with our male business partners. Now, I'd say today, I'm very fortunate to have an uh, incredibly intelligent female role model and a boss who supports diversity in the workplace. And you asked earlier uh, about the size of our team. Over half of our team are females. Wow. And yeah. I feel like you wouldn't know that from yeah. the outside. Like, I feel like there's just such a high like, perception that it's all males. That's so interesting to hear. Yeah. And, you know, we have come a long way in this space, but there's still a long way for us to go. It is getting better, but there's still work to be done. And, you know, now, fortunately, there's organizations out there such as WISE, Women in Sports and Events. And this organization particularly uh, launched its very first Canadian chapter in Toronto last year. And it's an excellent resource for both female and male professionals of all ages. Um, and it gives you valuable access to online content, uh, virtual and live events, industry networking and mentorship opportunities. Um, so if you didn't know about it, visit the website, wiseworks.org. There is a special student membership special student membership pricing um, and you can follow them on Instagram. Yeah, great to know. And I'm sure um, we'll get that information from you as well and post that along on our Instagram. So if you're looking for that resource, definitely check out our Instagram as well. And um, what would you say, what is your advice to someone who is in school right now, a young lady out there who potentially wants to work with the NHL or in the sports industry in the future? What advice do you have to those young ladies? I'd say fantastic. Do it. Go for it. <laughs> Uh, work hard. It's a lot, of, a lot of hard work. It's long hours. Um, get the experience. A lot of that experience comes from unpaid internships, so have the patience. Um, if you're able to find another female or male role model who can help mentor you during the process, that's a big help. Um, take advantage there, of the resources that are available, and there are resources out there, you know. Um, I mentioned WISE. It's a perfect, perfect place to start. Um, and then, and finally, I'd say, you know, don't change who you are to try to fit in. Have the confidence. You, you got where you are because of who you are. And that's one of my favorite quotes. So stay true to yourself, go for it, and you'll get there.
And maybe you can talk a little bit really quickly about um, some mentors that you've had in your life. I know you mentioned your boss, who's also female, that has been a really big part of, you know, your ability to work in the field and has really empowered you. Um, how has the role of mentorship played in, throughout your career and maybe like the importance it had on who you are today? Yeah, the um, really it's all about learning and one of my mentors, she, she teaches you, she teaches me lessons. She real life example lessons, supports me, um, shares opportunities that are available. Um, but I should also mention that another one of my mentors was male and he helped me earlier on in my career when I didn't know what was possible and what opportunities were out there. And like I said, I didn't even know that sports marketing existed. So uh, the mentors don't always need to be females. You just find someone who you can trust, who's going to support you, and uh, is going to be open to having those honest, healthy conversations. That's really important. I'm glad you mentioned that it can also be male because it's not only about kind of female empowerment, but it's also about like the coexistence and how we can help support each other as a whole, as a community, as an industry. So I'm really glad you're able to point that out as well. Um, I want to transition the conversation a little bit. And one thing that's really, really emphasized in universities and schools and within young professionals right now is networking. And networking now has changed to the online sense, but the importance of networking for you know personal development, for professional development, for getting that first job, for getting those internships. What have your experiences been like in networking and what are some of your tips and what stands out to you when a student or young professional kind of approaches you for whether it be like mentorship, assistance, questions, anything like that? Yep, it's a great question. Um, I would say number one is to be brave. Uh, it can be very intimidating. And just remember, we were all there. We all started out uh, young and, and be brave. That's, that's number one. I think that's the most important. Um, be proactive when you're looking out there, whether it be on LinkedIn or at a networking event, um, kind of figure out who you want to be having that conversation with and then be prepared. So, outline what are you hoping to accomplish from this conversation you know you got to be conscious of time you don't have a lot of time um, so don't make your list of questions too exhaustive keep it tight um, and follow up if you reach out to somebody and you don't get a response right away just be patient sometimes you know recognizing especially these days the inbox volume can uh, can get quite large so follow up uh, if you haven't heard in a couple of weeks and lots of times you'll find that people will be receptive. I know that I'm very receptive and especially to follow-ups. Um, and the last thing I would say is that don't underestimate the power of a handwritten thank you note. Now it's a little bit more challenging these days when people are working from home, you don't really want to ask someone for their home address. Uh, so if a handwritten note is not feasible because of address, uh, you know, the follow-up email with the uh, email is fine too. Yeah, that's great advice. And I have to say, like, really quickly, I just want to, you know, share my story about how I actually connected with Nicole. And it was my first year of university. And Nicole was actually one of the very first people I ever messaged on LinkedIn. She was speaking at an event I was going to. And I remember looking at all the speakers and I was, it was, I think it was October, November. So I was literally two months into business school. I barely set up my LinkedIn profile. I think it was like, I had just finished it. And I was like, wow, she's so cool. This job, that's like, so amazing. I'd love to like learn more about it. So I sent her a message on LinkedIn. I 
think I sent six messages that day. I didn't receive any responses from anyone else, but Nicole was so sweet and so willing. And I got a chance to meet with her last year um, when I was actually in the offices, which was the coolest experience ever. But I remember how nervous I was. And I don't even remember how I prepared for it or you know, I remember the conversation really well, but I just remember like the nerves and, but it was really helpful because that was the first time I went through that experience. I learned a lot from it. And then from there, slowly I started messaging more people and I started gaining more confidence to kind of post on my LinkedIn and start connecting with people who maybe seemed like really far out of reach for someone who was a first year university student. So, I mean, just firsthand, that was my experience with Nicole, genuinely the first person I ever connected with um, on LinkedIn. And now to see the fact that I've been able to sit down with you on my own podcast and talk to you and share your experiences with all of our listeners is so surreal. And I'm so glad that I made that first connection because last year, if you told me that I would have done that, I would have said, no, no, not me. I would never do that. So it's so full circle, I feel like, and now that we're talking about this experience. So definitely, if you're thinking about reaching out to someone, just take that first step because you never know where it's going to end up. Absolutely. That's the greatest story. Thank you, Stacey. Um, and I think lots of times you'll find that a lot of professionals are out there and want to give back. Like I said, we were all in, the, in those shoes at one point. Uh, so be brave. Yeah, definitely. And especially now online, I feel like it's a little bit less intimidating because if you're on a Zoom call, you're in your own space, you have, you know, a familiar setting, you don't have to travel somewhere, worry about being late. It's a little bit less intimidating, you know, that's my personal experience or my opinion. Um, so reaching out to people, and like you said, inboxes are definitely, even as students, I feel it, like there's so many more emails because that's the main method of communication. So the follow-up email um, is definitely important. How would you say, what are some tips for like maintaining that relationship? Because I know as students, it's hard sometimes. We meet someone, we connect with them, we have a great conversation and then three months has gone by and we don't really know how to reach out again or what to kind of say to maintain that relationship so it's not just a one-time uh, conversation. I would say have a purpose to your follow-up um, so versus kind of just a generic check-in. How Identify how the person that you're following up with can help you. Do you have a specific question about uh, where you're at with your job search or your career? Um, identifying that will help steer the conversation and it also brings the point clear from the beginning uh, and it keeps the timeline short. Yeah, definitely. That makes sense. Um, and I know you've given quite a few pieces of advice throughout the episode here and there, but to close it off, is there one specific piece of advice that you want to leave our listeners with that you wish you knew when you started your career or that you've been given throughout your career that's really resonated with you? Yes, I would say uh, something that I learned that I wish that I told my younger self, <laughs> be patient, don't give up, and keep working hard. Don't let all the rejection letters and the unpaid internships and the long hours get you down because we all had to do it. Uh, I remember being very discouraged after graduating with my MBA and my MSA and having to take a very low paying internship job because I couldn't find a real job. Uh, it's discouraging and it's hard, but you will get there. So expect the bad news, knowing that the good news will eventually come and you will be given the chance at the uh, right time with the right opportunity. I think that's a really great piece of advice, especially in a time where things in the world around us seem a little bit down and gloomy. It will always end up working out. And 
With that, Nicole, I have to give a huge thank you to you for taking the time to come and speak with us on the Business Casual today. We really covered some really amazing topics and it was really awesome hearing about your experiences in the NHL and marketing and how you got there and your journey. So thank you so much for giving back to our community and sharing your story with us today. So happy and congratulations on such a great initiative that you started with this podcast uh, and stay safe. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and check us out on Instagram at business.casual.podcast. Till next time.